This is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. And I wanna welcome you to the Tell It Like It Is, the Kingdom Way program, where we're here to provoke you to think about how you think about the word of God, how you think about the kingdom of God, how you think about yourself. And I am so privileged that I have uh, my brother, Apostle Calvin Cook, on an unlimited time <clears throat> of being with us. Well, we will have he will have a vacation sometime in these well, any rate, sometime, and then be back. But I have him here and he's talking about the tabernacle, the life in uh, the tabernacle. <laughs> be quiet. I'm introducing you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Joe Henry, bring him on. <laughs> You don't have no cool at all. You wouldn't even let me finish my introduction. <laughs> well, you went on about this forever commitment I got with you. Now I don't get no vacation time, nor do I get any pay. I, didn't say, I did not I say you I didn't say you didn't get no vacation time, and you do get paid. You do get paid. You will yeah. be paid. Yes. Amen. I'm a satisfied slave then. Yes, yes, you are. We're we're related. We come from the same, I ain't gonna say tribe. It's, it's not. <laughs> we are not African Americans uh, or any of that. So we don't come from that tribe. So at any rate, before we get into all of that, why don't I introduce you, Apostle Calvin Cook? Hey, praise God. Hi, praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. Hey, what Apostle Baker. What are you talking about today? What are we talking about? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of caught up in a place. Uh, I'm going to bring some, uh, try to bring some clarity about uh, uh, what it means to go past the veil. Uh, and I think that uh, until we live past the veil and understand that the veil isn't for another day, the veil was rent for present day uh, revelation and understanding. Uh, and many people are still in the outer court and they're celebrating the cross and the baptism of water, and we should, but we don't live out there anymore because it's an outer court experience. Mm -hmm. And those things happen to us so that we could go forward in him. And may they were I, and they were out of court things. May I, I forgot part of the introduction. Let, may I finish, may I give the, that part of the introduction? Oh, I want, I, we want, we want people to, um, understand that the reason that we bring this program this particular program the way that we do it's as if you're coming into our conversation it's as if here it is <clears throat> this is family talking and you're getting to be in the conversation as if i mean you're having a close encounter with what it is and how it is that we discuss things so it's not formal like you might think it should be but you, this is a privilege for you to be able to sit at the feet, and I mean this with all sincerity, of uh, Apostle Calvin with what it is that he has studied, the years that not only has he studied, but paid the price to be able to bring this forth. So this is not something that somebody taught him. This is not something that that uh, he's parroting or something that he got out of somebody else's book. This is from a lot of study, a lot of time, a lot of staying up in the middle of time, a lot of prayer, a lot of intercession, a lot of uh, uh, a lot. And so you're being a recipient 
of something that uh, that that uh, a price has been paid for. So I ask you to share this with others. I mean, push your share button, uh, uh, do whatever it is that you need to do to get other people involved in this. This is worth your time. So go ahead, Apostle Calvin. Well, I, I must admit that everything I learned, I learned from somebody else. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I, the book, the books that I did read outside of the Bible, other men wrote those books, and mm -hmm. I, I absorbed them, uh, and then I went and prayed over them and asked what part of it was. Yeah, I, I'm a man because other men, I'm living off another man's, uh, uh, amen, like everybody else is. Yep. Yeah, because nobody owns this. It's all come out of the spirit. It was freely given to us, even though it did cost us uh, to receive it. And we received it from God and we freely uh, release it from him. That's right. But I, I've been a student of several great men. I always study above my head so that I, amen. So, because things come down. Uh, yeah, I got, I got people in my life that are greater than me and for a reason. And I'm not letting them go. Thank you. Amen. Oh, you thought it was you? Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mute now. I'll mute now. <laughs> oh, you just moved yourself right on in there. Let's go right here. That's what family okay. does. Oh, no. I, I, I told you to get to laugh. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to move forward. And what I'm, Lord Jesus, here we go. And so what, what I'm finding is if, if we get caught up in the processes, like there was a, uh, the, the law was, the tabernacle reveals the law that we were, uh, you know, we were captured by the law to pay the penalty upon our transgressions. But when Jesus fulfilled the law, he made a way, a new and living way for us to come in and instead of be penalized and find death, we would come into the, this tabernacle and find a life that was hidden from us because of the law. And so the law is the outer court. It's what God did for us. Now we're going to move in to find out what we do for God. And, 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 and we've not done well there. We've not done well there at all because what we created is an entertainment center. We've created immature people who want to be entertained by having something that entertains them, which keeps them from going on to the father, which is in the age of the church, out of the age of the law, which you train. So you have to move through the church age or Pentecost because that's only a place of preparation to get you to uh, pass the veil. That's what we're going to talk about today. So it's the veil well, everything was done to get you back. Jesus said it this way. I am the way, the truth, and the life to get you past what used to be there called the veil. Now, there's still a veil there. Uh, and so, uh, and many people are still stumbling over that veil. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, and so we're going to talk about the veil. And what happens if you don't get past the veil, past the candlestick, past the table of showbread, past the prayer altar which is also uh, a, a place of worship you can't you can't even have a right relationship with your church if you don't get there until after worship i don't know why people even go to church and they miss the worship you can't even receive the anointing without the worship 
It's the anointing that changes the frequency from your wife yelling at you in the car on the way to church and your kids making a lot of noise and you being distracted because you haven't got a raise on your job. The anointing changes the frequency. So now you can hear the answer for why you haven't got a raise on your job and why you and your wife are arguing in church on the way to church. It's because you've been tuned away from what God is saying to you that will bring deliverance to all those situations. And worship is the instrument that he uses to get you tuned in to the message that's going to come forth and get you delivered and your family and everybody else around you uh, because you guys entered into, we entered into worship. Now, once, so we got to understand the veil and, and, and I want to read it to you this way. Uh, 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 when we talk about the veil, uh, one of the things that I, 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 want, I want you to understand is Abraham had a veil. So he couldn't see uh, the promise, even though he entered into the land that God told him he was going to be the inheritor of. He couldn't see it because it was veiled. And many of us, we're playing church and we're, we're fighting over who's going to preach and who's got the anointing and who's got the best brand, and who's got the biggest church. and Who's got the greatest name and who is this and that? And that's not what the church was supposed to do. The church was supposed to be where you get equipped uh, and get ready for transformation. And this is why you have the gifts of the spirit. It never was for you to sell them or use them like a carnival activity or fight over who's got the candlestick light and who doesn't. It was supposed to prepare you to go to the father past the veil. Abraham. He, he was obedient unto God, but he wasn't obedient unto God because he said, don't take no family members with you, Abraham. First thing he did, he grabbed his nephew. Okay. He, have, he, has, he, he had what we call familiar spirits and soul ties with his family. Many, And that's what happens because in the realm of the church, that's actually the realm of the woman, listen carefully, or the realm of the soul. That's where his bride is being prepared. That's where the soul is being prepared. To be a one, listen to me, the soul and the spirit must have the same frequency because the, the soul is the spirit's voice in the earth. The soul represents the spirit of God in the earth. So the soul can't misinterpret what the spirit, of, that's why it says, I wish above all things that you, that you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. And that word, if you look it up, it means that your soul have no contamination in its presentation of the life of God, that your soul would have no mixture. Because if you have mixture, you won't find your health. He said, I want your soul to prosper and you have good health as your soul prospers, as your soul gets deep contaminated from what happened in the outside courts, then your health will begin to come forth like the noonday sun. But as long as you go to God and you still have mixture and duality, then you cannot reach the fullness of his intentions for you. So he says, I want you to prosper even as, in other words, there's gotta be something significant that takes place in the place before you go into the veil. You just can't run up in there talking about daddy, daddy, give me, give me, give me. There, there's something that you bring God is called a living sacrifice. Holy, which means you become whole in your intentions for bringing forth the father's business, bringing forth the father's kingdom. 
It's no longer about you because at the altar of prayer, you gave yourself up and your rights back to the king. Because you found out that the king used his son's blood to buy you back from you and you belong to him now. So you've been redemption means that God bought you back from self. God bought you out of sin. God, come on, he bought you for himself. So, so now we talk about the veil. Now, like I said, uh, uh, when Lot was with him, he had to be separated from him. And then the Lord says, lift up your eyes and look from the place from thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward and all the land that thou seest to thee, I will give it to you. But that was only after Lot, whose name means cloak. As long as he had that person in his life that represented a veil or a false cloak, he could not get to the place God wanted him to have. And that's the place called promise. And promise, ladies and gentlemen, is Christ. I know we counted out all the promises in the Bible. We did that a lot when we was in the word of faith. We counted every one of them rascals because we wanted all those promises of God. He promised for us. But the promise isn't just getting something from God. Amen. It's becoming like him. That's the promise. Because the seed of promise was sown into each believer. And that seed maturates or matures in past the veil. It does not mature in the church or in Pentecost. It does because that's not the nature of God. Those are the giftings of God. Those are the charismas of God. And those are the careers of God. But those are not the thing that brings transformation. You have to go on into the presence of God, past the veil, and that's where the butterfly comes out of the cocoon. And that's where things begin to transform from abiding in that place. And so we need to find out about that that veil. And one of the things about the veil, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we, can, we can talk about all kinds of things, but once we get into the veil, listen, this is going to be really, I, I got to get this out because uh, there's some struggle going on with this concept. When we get into the veil, that's where dead men go. You can't, you can't go before God alive. Paul tried to get us to understand that when you are an offering, you're dead. In terms of your passions, in terms of your desires. In other words, the old man is dead, which means there's no more duality. Let me go on and show you what I'm saying. In other words, once you understand what it means to be in Christ, though I this, you will understand the scripture does not teach that the old man is trying to obtain death or the cross, rather by Christ. That man is now dead. Come on, I'm going to help you here. This is what you find out. You don't get this information unless you abide. You don't get this information unless you live for the resurrection. And nobody can be resurrected unless they first be dead. So the, what, what I'm suggesting to you is that the reason for the veil, is get, the reason it was moved out of the way and rent is so that you and I could experience the resurrection of the Lord. And that's called transformation in some semantics. We could call it anything we want, but that's when you look in the mirror and you stop seeing yourself and you see him. 
And then in him you live, in him you move. Paul got there and he finally said that even though he was 69 years when he died, he didn't die a natural life, he was murdered. Now watch this. He said this before they, before he, they cut his head off. He said, oh my God, it's not I. He, he, look, look, he, he said, wait a minute. I've been going in here. I've been teaching this. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, and I've been teaching the law, and I've been teaching duality, and I've been teaching this. But my God, when I got in here, I realized that I, it's not I. The life I now live is not duality life. It's the life of the Son of God who died. I'm actually been tra I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I've come into the thing that God has been after. He's been after my death so I can experience his resurrection. Now, let me teach you this, because this is imperative that we understand this. Thing. Now, watch this. The power of the cross in the gospel lies not in what God is trying through the old man to do but in what he's already done through Christ. God's not trying to do anything with your old man. He did it all through Christ, that your old man could rest in the death of Colossians chapter three, where he's been hidden in Christ in God. Uh-oh, what happened? Oops. Keep going. Okay, I, I lost something for a minute, hold on. Uh, there I, there you well, go. my camera, my, my, see the, the devil's, the picture left my screen. That's all that was. I, I ain't distracted, but I'm just trying to help you understand what happened. Well, you, get, you didn't leave ours. Keep going. Oh, I was still there? Okay. Now watch. It says, this is what the Bible says. Listen carefully to the words. Because this is what you discover if you go on and abide in past the veil. And you don't want to just do church anymore. And you don't want to be popular anymore. And you're not trying to get a reputation anymore. And you don't care who know your name. And you don't care where you sit when you come in the auditorium. And you don't care if they even mention your name because you have been brought to a new identity in him. Let's look at it. The Bible says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Well, come on now, I'm going to help you understand something that henceforth we should no longer serve sin. For he that is dead is free from, I'm coming on here. Now, if you be dead with Christ, we believe you shall also live with him. Romans 6 and uh, uh, six through eight. I cannot attain to that which that only begotten son of God has already done. That's why I am in him having no life of my own, but knowing that he is, who he is, is the resurrection is also my resurrection and my life that we are attaining to is the fullness of the nature of the son of God. Amen. We are coming into the fullness of the nature, but the old man is dead with his sin and his character and his nature is dead. It, it's buried with Christ that he might be risen again in the what? In the newness of life. Let me take you further. We have seen this through this glass darkly for so long that it seems like heresy to believe anything other than the duality that has kept us enslaved. We believe that we have a dual nature, but the Bible doesn't teach that. That is the mindset that gives 
recognition to Christ and to me, and that lives in the murky world of both old and new man. God desires to bring us into the excellency of the knowledge of the life which Christ is in us. See, we don't realize what the Bible says. It says the life of Christ is in us, and Christ came into corruption, not to stay in corruption, but to bring it into incorruption. And if you study, if you know, if you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says that the God will not rise anything that's corrupted. Anything, anything with mixture, it has to be totally like him without mixture. And I gave the example the other day. If you if you made a horse and a certain, I don't know if it's a mule or a donkey, but once that thing is created, it can't create because it's mixture. God does not reproduce what he tried to kill. And he killed sin on the cross, and he's not going to make you a new man and you still have duality in your spirit. You still have mixture that can't you can't you can't get to your place if you have a seed that's mixed. You can't get to your your destination if you have mixture in your walk with God. Did I say you couldn't fall? I didn't say that. But that doesn't mean that you have a dual nature. That means that you have a mediator who's working in you to willing to do of his good pleasure. And he says a righteous man, the righteousness of God is the reason why you can get up because he made you righteous and righteousness will judge why you fail and make the correction so that you come out with the benefit of, of what he did for you. See, righteousness is how God keeps you and even kill with the newness of life that he's given you. He made you something that you didn't earn. So why are you trying to do it now? You can't quote 1 Corinthians chapter 7 out of context. That's Paul was talking about when he was a Pharisee under the law. He talked about all the things he struggled with. And he thought he was right because he killed the Christians. And he, this is a man, he said, when I wanted to do right, I couldn't do right. And he said to himself, as he was a Pharisee, can remember, he was a religious spirit on him. He says, oh, wretched man that I am. And then now he's standing in, across the veil. And this is what he says. Now I know how this wretched man can be delivered. Christ, her. And then he comes back and tells us in the first verse of chapter eight, now that I found my way, there is therefore no duality or anything condemning. You can't condemn me now because I found the perfect place. And in that perfect place, there is no mixture allowed in the son of God. The son of God did not have mixture in his presentation to the father. He said, if you seen me, you seen the father. And if you hear me say anything, it won't have mixture in it. I won't present any mixture. I won't preach any mixture. You will never find me mixed up with mixture because I can only duplicate the voice of my father. I can only duplicate the deeds of my, why? Because I come to pass the veil. I'm no longer practicing Christianity, but I'm living the life of my savior. Because he lives, I live also. I live in move and have my being on the finished work of Calvary. I'm no longer looking through the rear view member, considering the things my old man did. I put off the deeds of the former man and I put on the new man, which is, oh, amen, that was in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me go on further. 
I get excited because when Kelly Barner first revealed this to me years and years ago, it, it turned my life around because I was in a church that taught duality. Oh, oh, we're just barely hanging on the Velcro cross. And when you fall off, uh, and, and I said, wait a minute, how could I be born again of an incorruptible seed and that seed have mixture? All right, let me move on. Let me go on. Watch this. The one thing we must do, as Paul did, is to know Christ, who is our life. We must forget that which is behind us. We must realize that the old man is dead and we're pressing on onto the high calling in Christ. The mark set before us is Christ. We possess that what we possess is ours in Christ by the knowledge of him in 2 Peter 1, 3. Now, let me uh, uh, let me go there. I just want to go there. I was going to talk about having, therefore, boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. And the reason why it's a new and living way, because the old man who made us live in the old way has been done away with. And because he's been done away with, God considers this a new way. And then to seal you for the, the conclusion of your salvation, he puts you in Christ, the incorruptible place where no contaminant. It's just like if your grandmother was making a, je a jelly preserves. She first, she steams the fruit, skins the fruit, and then puts it in a jar and seals it from outside contamination. Listen to me carefully. God sealed you in Christ so your old man would no longer have a legal expression in the kingdom of God. Do you understand why we have so much problem? Because people are saying they're in Christ, but they have a split term with two different expressions coming from one. That's why the Bible says in James, can you have salt water in your mouth and fresh water at the same time? Is any man that's double-minded or any man that walks in, in duality is unstable in all of his ways? And think not that that man could receive anything from God. He's like a Thing, tossed on the waves to it. You heard what the scripture said. Glory to God. He's talking about people who want to walk in two natures, duality. My God. Can I go on a little bit further? You, got, you, you have one minute. Oh, one minute? Oh, Jesus. Lord Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. See, uh, Jesus, huh? <laughs> Jesus. I can't do anything in one minute uh, except, uh, oh my goodness. No, I, I'll be, I don't want to cheat anybody one minute because I could bring, I'm going to, I could bring clarity to this if you'll give me a chance where there'll be no one that can deny the intelligence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, uh, once you get into the, Okay, anyway, this is a. Uh, I'm going to say, I'll turn it back over. I can't hear you. You're on mute. Okay. You will be... have clarity. You will get clarity into what it is that this is what is called the, the cliffhanger. You will have clarity to this next week. He will pick up right here next oh, yeah. week. This has to be the body of Christ needs to be at least consider what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be the, uh, the, the only one that knows this. I'm telling you, uh, we're going to go somewhere. And you're going to get set free.
That's why we're here to provoke you to think, to That's provoke right. you to study, to provoke you to look into the word of God and to allow it to read you rather than you reading something and then your own interpretation to it. This is, is going to have you to question, uh, you know, to question what it is and how it is and where it is that you're hearing from. And this oh, yeah. is uh, Apostle Baker, J. Baker, and Apostle Calvin Cook letting you know that we will be here same time, same station uh, next week with the Tell It Like It Is, The Kingdom Way. And if you'd like to seed into this, if this has been of any help to you and whatever it is, and you'd like to seed into it, please, you've got all the information on the screen. We'll see you next time. Remember, we're going to finish this. He's going to finish this. Bye-bye. <laughs>